Hello and welcome to another episode of the Statesman Sports Desk podcast. I'm your host Parker Ballantyne. Joining me today is not Jacob Nielsen once again. We have a special guest, uh, my dear friend and football basketball expert, big Angels fan, big time Saints fan. He works in the athletic department. He's worked in various uh, various roles with the athletic department. He's currently with Aggie Sports Properties with Learfield IMG. Is that right? That's Did I right. get everything? Yeah. His name is Ryan Olson, and here he is. Ryan, say hello. How's it going? Great. I'm amped up. Yeah, so am I. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's week one, which yeah, means week zero really. already happened, Yeah. which means we've already had college football. That's true. So college yeah, football a, is is back. We had a couple games. We had, what, UCLA beat Hawaii, one of our... One of our opponents for this year. Yeah, one of our one of our conference uh, conference rivals. Let's actually uh, let's actually do a quick uh, recap of last week because I think there was like what four games and three of them were Mountain West games or yeah or I think like five games. Three were Mountain West and the other was a New Mexico State team that we play this year. So let's go ahead and uh, let's actually run through week zero schedule and then we'll uh, we'll pick up on some Utah State news coming up. We'll talk the basically the whole season uh, game one all the way through the rest of the season. Uh, kind of talk about what can happen, what we can expect from the season and from each game in particular. So it's going to be a, a pretty fun show. Uh, excited to have Ryan on uh, to do our full season uh, full season preview. So yeah, let's let's take a look at last week. Last and week we had Illinois beat Nebraska, so just kind of there. Didn't yeah. really matter to us. Yeah, not not relevant for us, but it was a fun game. Um, but yeah, moving on from from that game. Uh, yeah. What else do we have? So then. I uh, got the scores wrong. UCLA beat Hawaii forty-four to ten. Okay. But another score is 44, 45 to zero, and that was Fresno over UConn. It was forty-five to zero. Okay. So both of, both uh, of those to me both. just kind of makes sense. Like that's yeah. kind of exactly what I expected from from both of those matchups. UCLA is a Pac-12 team. Granted, probably a middling or bottom Pac-12 team, um, which is kind of the type of Pac-12 team we will be talking about a lot later on the show. Um, but still, you expect them to get the win against Hawaii, and then UConn going up against Fresno is that, that shouldn't be competitive, really, uh, ever. Uh, the next game we had UTEP and over New Mexico State, thirty to three. Yeah, and that's, that's again what wh- what you'd expect. New Mexico State's just a terrible program. I will say though, UTEP doesn't really have, you know, they're not an amazing team, but. No, I think I think New that Mexico game State. speaks more to how bad New Mexico State is yeah. rather than UTEP being good. Like I wouldn't expect UTEP to be in a bowl game this year, but I certainly wouldn't expect New Mexico State to be in a bowl yeah. game this year. Yeah. Like that, that one's just two, you know, second tier programs just I guess beating up on each other, yeah. or I guess one second tier program beating up on another. But yeah, again, like just kind of what you'd expect in that game. And again, New Mexico State is an opponent later this year yeah. for us. And the last game from week zero was San Jose State beating Southern Utah 45 to 14 which probably just goes along with the theme of week zero just kind of what what I'd expect yeah yeah really week zero nothing stood out the only thing that um, made it fun for Mountain West fans or really Utah State fans is you had Utah State opponents, Mountain West teams, and local teams kind of playing all week, which was kind of fun. SUU was actually a team we were supposed to play last year and didn't, so I'm sure we will make that game up sometime in the future. So we'll see We'll see SUU again. Um, but again, going up against San Jose State, just that game shouldn't be competitive. San Jose State, the reigning uh, Mountain West champions. We'll see how good they are this year, but definitely should not 
you know they should not be scared going into that SUU game, and that that SUU game should not be uh, should not be particularly competitive or close. Before we get into our own schedule, um, I want to go over a few notes kind of from last week's show and uh, other things going on. So one note from last week, we talked about, or I guess I talked about, how a lot of times us Aggie fans like to complain about how the the national and, and regional media doesn't really, uh, you know, disrespects Utah State. And so one one thing about that is, for one, I don't think that they're really disrespecting Utah State as as much as they are just kind of ignoring Utah State, which is which is fine. You know, it's like I like I said, we're a smaller program from a smaller school. But the other thing to note about that is really it's only the media that disrespects or ignores Utah State. The coaches all over the country respect Blake Anderson. You know, he he is highly highly esteemed among coaches, and so that's just one note that. You know, when when us Aggie fans like to complain about how people don't pay attention to Utah State, that's not particularly true, and Blake Anderson's a great example of how there's a lot of people across the country who know his name and respect him as a, as a person and as a coach. Did you have anything on fall camp or anything else going into uh, the season that you want to talk about before we get into the schedule? I, I think that fall camp, just from what you've said in, in previous shows and, and you and I personally, what we've talked about, that... I think the uh, the biggest story for everybody, also with with my job, I work with the coaches show with Scotty G on Tuesdays, and I mean the quarterback situation was was brought up, and that's kind of always something that gets brought up, and I think that the quarterback position anywhere is something that everybody cares about. I think that everybody cares about the whole team, but the quarterback being the guy on the team is something that everybody wants to know. Who's the quarterback? Who's going to be taking control? Who's going to be the leader? Especially after last year when when we had Jason Shelley, and I think that the expectations were not necessarily high, but I think a lot of people were excited about what he could do here, and and that obviously didn't work out. And so then after Gary left, you know, it was a, kind of a tough situation for our team and the quarterback situation. So I think, yeah, that, absolutely. you know, this year with a lot of buzz with Logan Bonner coming with Blake, I think that that's something that, that everybody's excited for. And, you know, people know Peasley. That was something that a lot of people were, it was kind of up in the air. I think that kind of the general consensus and what people, you know, thought would happen is Logan Bonner would be the starter. But then... You know, I don't. I don't think that that was cut and dry whatsoever. No, I. Yeah, not one bit. I don't think. I. Yeah. I agree. You know, so I think that that was something that me as a fan, you know, was was eager to hear. And and when they released the depth chart a few days ago, you know, that had the the word or. You know, so it's like you you don't know who it is. And there's that saying of if you have two QBs, then you have zero QBs. And and that's something that I think could work. You know, but it's just historically you like running a two quarterback system is really hard to be really elite at and especially with our team being just a completely new staff you know a lot of new guys on the team and especially with coach Blake's time at Arkansas State like they were very pass heavy offense and so I think yeah they were I think that we'd hope that that's what happens here and I think that everybody loves a pass heavy offense until turnovers start coming into play you know, but if, if yeah, you can be proficient in a pass-heavy offense, it's super fun to watch whether or not, you know, there's those turnovers. Scoring happens, you know, but it's, it's always fun to see people throw throw the ball. And so I think that that's something that coming down to the wire, I think that that's why people were giving the edge to Logan Bonner just because he's more of a... Fits the system. Yeah, you know, more a of like bit a better, gunslinger, I think, you could yeah. say. And, and Peasley's, Peasley's super talented, Yeah, you know, 
great guy, great quarterback. But as far as the system goes, I think that that's why people were originally giving Logan Bonner the edge. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, I agree. And I've changed my tune on this a little bit because I was a little bit worried for, you know, a lot of fall camp. Like I, I was kind of in the uh, group of, hey, I really want a starting quarterback announced. I want to know who it is and I want him to get all the reps. And hearing Blake Anderson talk about it a little bit more, I'm starting to think that in this case specifically, I think it might be a good thing. Because I was kind of in that in that camp of, well, if you don't, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. But the way Blake Anderson has talked about this, it just really seems like he's wanting to be very, very thorough in his decision. He wants to make the right decision. He even has mentioned that he might run or would be comfortable running a two quarterbacks, you know, running two quarterbacks in the opener in Washington. He's mentioned that he would be comfortable changing the quarterback after week one, but those aren't ideal and those aren't what he you know he doesn't want to do either of those things and if he can make the correct decision up front that's what I think he'd rather do and so I think it really just comes down to they are both like those top two quarterbacks Andrew Peasley and Logan Bonner are both really really good and they they're really really good in different ways too which I think it makes it a little bit more difficult but they are making it really, really hard on the coaching staff to make a decision. And I don't think it's that they're just holding out on making a decision or publicizing a decision. Um, At this point, I honestly don't think there has been a decision. And if there has been, it could change tomorrow. It could change probably right up until the weekend of the game. So it's going to be interesting. Like I I said, I've kind of changed my tune a little bit. I was was a little bit worried, but at this point, just with how thorough I think that Coach Anderson's being, I'm a little bit more comfortable knowing that he's, not only that he's being much more thorough, but also that he has contingency plans in place where if he puts Logan Bonner out there in the first half and he, you know, isn't connecting, he can go to Andrew Peasley and he's comfortable doing that. Or if, uh, if Peasley ends up getting the job and plays okay in week one, but then it turns out maybe Bonner's the right guy, he's going to make that switch. So I think Coach Anderson, Coach Blake Anderson, is just so much more focused on making sure the right guy is in the right place. And that's true for every position, but it's especially true for the quarterback. And it's especially difficult for the quarterback because you're not going to change the quarterback Ideally, you're not going to change the quarterback in the middle of the game or week to week. I, I don't think he's made a decision yet because I think it's a difficult decision and he really, really wants to get it right. And one other thing that is kind of standing out to me in this whole battle is this kind of attitude of nothing is given, everything is earned, where you have Logan Bonner coming in with his former head coach, a total system guy, he really fits into the system, uh, and then you have him competing up against Peasley, who has sat behind guys who were better than him, and he's sat behind guys who... Um, you know, last year he, he sat behind Jason Shelley with a you know with difficult year, and so it's kind of one of those where both of those guys have kind of earned their spot. You know, Peasley's been in the program and he's earned his spot, and Logan Bonner has been in the system that Coach Anderson's running, and he's I guess air quotes earned his spot. So you have two guys that have really shown that they belong on the field, and both are I guess deserving, but neither of them are entitled to that starting spot. So. I'm really I'm I'm stoked that the coaching staff is just coming in here and making them work for that spot, because uh, it'd be really easy to just give the job to really either one of them and just say, look, he's entitled to the spot. Peasley was here last year, or I've worked with Logan Bonner, my you know for a long time, and that's not what I'm seeing from this coaching staff. Which anytime you have that is a good thing, and so I, I really like that they are battling it out. You know, I've said it before, like I wish one of them would have already separated themselves at this point, but the fact that it's a difficult decision and it's not being made is better than a difficult decision being made hastily. Right. So at this point, I'm, I'm glad that that battle is still going on. And fortunately for us, Washington State is going through the same exact thing. So it's not just us. I mean, we might see 
four starting quarterbacks in week one yeah. in that Utah State game in Wazoo. I think, uh, you know, that's about all we can say about the quarterback position because that's really all we know at this point. You know, obviously we'll get to know more in the next few days, but as, as of right now, that's really all we know. So as we've kind of mentioned, we have week one against Washington State, uh, Washington State Wildcats in Pullman. This, this could be a tough tough game to analyze and predict because for one it's week one it's up against kind of an interesting opponent an opponent who i think in a lot of ways is in a similar situation to us because they have really essentially a first year coach he's a second year coach that coached in four games last year or is it five games last year yeah he so he went uh, one and three last year in four games so really you know just like us a brand new head coach like yeah he has been in the system for two years and he's had more more time to recruit different guys but Really, they don't know what they're getting out of Nick Rolovich, just like we don't really know what we're getting out of uh, Blake Anderson. And then also they are, like we've also mentioned, they are in the same exact quarterback position that we are. They have an ongoing quarterback battle. They released a depth chart that, very similar to ours, says or. You know, it's, so it's, it's a lot of you know, ambiguity on the starting quarterback on both sides. So really you see two very similar teams going up against uh, going up against each other week 1. What are your thoughts on this game? What do you kind of think happens? What's best case scenario, worst case scenario? What do you uh, how do you see this one playing out? I think I mean best case scenario we win the game. Yeah. Any, that's that's true. You know, and so I think that that's something that where it's like if if we go in there and win that game, I think everybody would just be ecstatic. I don't want to say like yeah. oh nobody thinks we're going to win this game. Yeah. Because I think it's kind of one of those things that it's like we're playing this Pac-12 team. Like you said, kind of similar situation as we were. Um, and so I think that we could we could potentially go in there and win, you know, and that would be awesome. You know, barring any injuries, that would be yeah. the best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, worst case scenario, I think that we lose for one and suffer some injuries. I think that that's worst case scenario but really yeah. that this game really we have really nothing to lose and and everything to gain i think if we go in there in pullman and and we win this game i think that we'd get a lot of attention from our opponents our mountain west opponents our the rest of our opponents um and i think that, that would be it'd be awesome to win obviously but i don't think i'm not going to be heartbroken if we lose this game yeah i think i'm more excited to to watch this game and, and see kind of how the team looks, how how we're feeling about our team, how, you know, how everything kind of plays out, who plays quarterback, how, yeah, yeah. how our defense looks, how that how the offensive line holds up for whoever's under center. But yeah, I think that I think that, that game that game is just a really big opportunity for us to see who we are, how we're gonna look, and if we come out with a win, that's awesome. And if we come out with a loss, then, you know, we lose to a Pac-12 team. So if we end the season yeah. with, yeah, you know, one, two, three, four losses and one of them is to Washington State, I don't think, that, nothing they, to, I don't think that they yeah. have anything to beat themselves no, up. Nothing to hang your head over. Yeah. I mean, losing to a Pac-12 team on the road, you know, right. in, in Pullman. I think you're absolutely right. Like, I like make no mistake, I would love to win this game. The coaching staff, the players would love to win this game. Um, but I'm 
much more concerned with how we look than what the final score is. You know, if we if we go out there and we look crisp and we're not making silly mistakes and we're not getting holding flags and we're not giving up big plays on offense and giving up silly plays on uh, on defense and things like that, then that to me is you know not necessarily the best case scenario, but that's what I want to see. I just want to see him go out there and look crisp. I want to see him look like they are here to play football because that's something that was missing a little bit with last year's squad. You know, they just were missing that edge, that fire. So, uh, you know, obviously, best case scenario, we go into Pullman, we win by two scores or whatever. Um, Worst case scenario is, you know, a loss. Uh, You know, you go out there and look sloppy. You're throwing interceptions, giving up big plays. Maybe that offensive line is exposed as being... Not as not as good as we're really hoping it to be and needing it to be. It's almost impossible, really, to compare two teams that are in different conference tiers where you have Utah State as a group of five team and Washington State as a power five team. It's so hard to compare the two because on the one hand, yes, it's a world of difference between a group of five and a power five, but at the same time, Washington State went 1-3 and three last year. They're a bottom team in the Pac-12. How does that exactly stack up? So it's really hard to just really tell especially week one where these guys haven't played anybody yet but at the end of the day Utah State is going up against someone with deeper recruits better facilities more money they're in the Pac-12 they're going to be bigger faster stronger longer uh, all those things so at the end of the day you are playing a power five team and Utah State has an interesting history playing you know those those money games early in the early in the year they have a excruciating history of playing those games really really close and honestly, if that happens, it's going to really hurt in the moment if we see another Auburn or Wisconsin or USC game where we lose by less than a score. Don't get me wrong, like, that would suck. Like, that's going to get me in the feels. But at the end of the day, if we go into Pullman and lose to Washington State by a field goal late in the game and we play crisp and outplay the, the Cougars all, all night long, that's that's really all you can ask for. And, yeah. and week one, that's really all you can ask for. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully you win, but honestly, hopefully, you you know, you really hope they just go out there and, and look good. The other thing with that uh, Washington State game is if they can go in and get that win, like you said, I think that's a great way to start that season, especially because the first five games are going to be really, really tough. We have Washington State, then North Dakota, but then we have Air Force, Boise State, and then BYU. So if they can get that, if they can get that big time win to start the season um, and really get that ball rolling, I think that will be huge going into game three, four, and five against Air Force, Boise State, BYU, which could all shape up to be really tough opponents. But moving on from that Washington State game, North Dakota coming back home. What are your thoughts on that one? This one seems pretty cut and dry to me. Uh, I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts though on on this one. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like look at the schedule and and say like, oh, this is a guaranteed win for pretty much anybody except North Dakota. I think that yeah. if we lost this game, that would be that'd be pretty detrimental. Yeah. Because that would be that. I mean, losing to an FCS team like that's not really a lot coming back from that. Mm-hmm. That would be really tough. Um, yeah. But I mean, like I said, I think that. I would hope that the general consensus is that this will be a win. Um, so with that said, I, I would say that I think that this will give us a big opportunity to see, you know, in the Washington State game, we'll see our team, but it'll also be a pretty hard test for our team. Yeah. And so, you know, if they get if they get flustered, if there's some, some turnovers, if there's, you know, anything that that would damage our our team, you know, that would be that would be tough to see in the Washington State game. Um, but I think North Dakota's first home game, it's going to be awesome to see the first home game in that'll have, oh, 
hopefully a lot of fans. It better have. I, Pack I the Mav. I know that you buy your buy your tickets right now. It's a sellout, you know, it and I, be a I sellout. Agree. I think. I mean, I hope that every game's a sellout, but you know, yeah. I think that this this should be a game that everybody's like get to see a brand new coaching staff. I mean, uh, almost brand new team. I don't want to say a completely brand new team, but it, a almost lot of, a yeah, a lot, of, a lot of new pieces, faces. You know, maybe a brand new um, quarterback. Yeah, and so I think that would be awesome to see. You know, hopefully it won't be that hard of a test and that they can really, you know, play with some ideas, play with some, have some fun, you know, and, and see yeah. kind of where we're looking for the whole season. And, you know, if we do lose that Washington State game, then this would be an awesome game to bounce back. And Yeah, you know, oh, exactly, exactly. I love that. Hopefully score a lot. So Yeah, I love the way the schedule is, uh, is working out for Utah State this year because you do have that opener on the road, which is a tough, tough game against Washington State, but then game two, you have kind of a built-in, hopefully a built-in win. And so what you have is, you know, like you're saying, is if you go in and lose to Washington State, you can use that North Dakota game to bounce back. But on the other hand, if you go in and you beat Washington State, you get to come home and you have kind of a buffer game before you pick up another difficult stretch of, of games where you can keep that momentum going. And no matter what the outcome of the Washington State game is, the, the bottom line is they're a good team. They're going to expose flaws in the system. So you get a game to work those out and prepare for that trifecta of Air Force, Boise, BYU. So really, regardless of how that first game goes, the importance of this North Dakota game cannot be overstated like you really need that you need that game you need that win to either bounce back or hopefully keep that momentum going and then you can go into air force at air force either one and one or two and oh coming off a win uh a win where you can really hopefully work out some of the kinks in your defense and 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 your offense and really work on things Um, especially with the quarterback battle the way it's going we might see a quarterback switch after game one so it would be good to get them, you know, a full game under center. So I really love the way the schedule is worked out where you have that buffer. This schedule really is the perfect schedule you could ask for with going into a rebuild. Because if you look at some of those other money game opponents that we have, you know, we've recently played USC a couple times. We've played Auburn. And, and two years ago, we played the national championship LSU team. Last year, we were scheduled to play Washington at Washington, Washington State here. Next year is Bama, and then we're playing Iowa. We're playing Mississippi State. We're playing Texas A&M. So those are teams that, quite frankly, don't have down years. Like, you're not going to catch Bama on a down year. Uh, You're not going to catch Bama at the bottom of their conference the way we can maybe catch Washington State and maybe steal a Power 5 win or you know, take a power five loss that isn't as brutal as the one we took in LSU a couple years ago. So it's kind of the perfect schedule for a rebuild where you have, you know, hopefully a close loss or a a power five win to start. Then you come home, really work it out against that North Dakota team. And then, then the real test. Then we go out and we play the Air Force Academy. I think I've been pretty vocal about this. I think this could be the most important game of the season. And I think this game, if I had to point to a single game that will define the rest of this season, I think it's Air Force. In fact, I think we could probably re-record this entire show after the Air Force game, and I think a lot of it would be very different. Because I think the Air Force game in Colorado Springs is going to be the, the game that defines this team more than any other game on the schedule. It's a team that's beatable. It's a, it's a game that's winnable, but it's also one that you could lose, and we have lost it. We've lost it in brutal fashion, and we've done so 
multiple times recently. So this one I think could go either way and I think it's going to tell you a lot about this coaching staff and this team, like whether or not they figured out the triple option, whether or not they can win tough, gritty games. And I think, like I said, we may as well just re-record this show after Air Force. That's where we're going to know a lot more about this team. What are your thoughts going into uh, Colorado Springs? How do you like our chances against the Falcons and what do you think it tells us about, about this team? I think... You know, I think, especially after the first two games, I think that we will have a better feeling of of how we're feeling against Air Force in that third game. But, yeah. you know, they're always a tough matchup because that triple option is really tough to, to defend against, except then we also hopefully will be good defensively. Yeah. You know, and so I think that that's something that, that if, if, we can, if we can shut that down, you know, especially with... With a guy like Justin Rice, you know, like a, a linebacker is pretty much the guy for defending against he, an option. He, no, he's perfect for, you know. He's perfect in a lot of ways, but especially against that triple option, like that's yeah. what he was built for. That's that's, you know, that's mean, exactly that's, what he's built for. That's who you got to go to for defending an option, you know, especially, you know, reading how, how they're going to play that. And so let me back up and say that I think Justin Rice is the X factor for the entire season. That's that's a fact. But I think that he also is a big X factor for that Air Force game. Um, but I think, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to stay optimistic for, for every game on here. Um, but this is one that, that like you said, is, is going to be a turning point in the season, whether we win or lose. I think that if we win the game, then I think that we'll have a lot of steam rolling down the rest of the schedule. I think that that'll give give our guys a big confidence boost you know if we can if we can defend against that triple option offense effectively and and hopefully come out of there with a w i think that that would be huge but then if we lost then that also would you know that would add a lot of weight to that boise game and that would add a lot of weight to you know the wyoming game that probably depending on how san jose comes back this year that would add a lot to that game that would add a lot to colorado state you know I think that the Hawaii games and the New Mexico games will will obviously get to those, but I think that those are two games that, like North Dakota State, where everybody's hopeful and and optimistic for for a win. But that Air Force one is definitely the X factor of the season, I think. Yeah. Yeah, to me it's kind of the first one on paper, the first game of the season that really should be close. Uh, You know, obviously we we hope and we think that that Washington State game will be close. On paper it really shouldn't be. Um, you know, so on paper, you know, you have obvious loss, then an obvious win. Air Force is really that first game where you, it's kind of a toss-up. It should be close. And and like you said, if you win that game, suddenly a lot more games after that game matter. And if you lose that game, odds are at that point you have two losses and you're going into play Boise and BYU. And, you, you I mean, you still have a pretty tough schedule. You still have San Jose State later in the year, who's pretty good, and... You know, suddenly the thought becomes, are we going to be bowl eligible? Are we going to be 500? Are we going to get four wins? Are we going to get three wins? And that, that kind of becomes the, th- the thought process if you lose that game. If you win that game, it's the exact opposite thought process. And like we talked, there are certainly things on this team uh, with this schedule that are impossible. But if you, win, if you win that game, whether or not that Washington State game, whichever way that goes, if you win that Air Force game, especially if you do so cleanly and decisively, you start looking at the schedule and thinking, can we win out 
And if so, what does that mean for this team? You know, it's it's a completely different ball game after that Air Force game because you start to you start to think, okay, well, are we going to be a one-loss team to, like you said, if, if our one loss is to Washington State in the Pac-12, what does that look like? Or are we, you know, maybe we win that Washington State game. Once we win that Air Force game, that's when it starts to get real. And it's like, okay, well, what is this team capable of? You know, maybe we drop a BYU or a Boise game. We're still a one-loss team. What is this capable of? But it's just completely different, all based on that Air Force game, I think. I think it's kind of the perfect storm of a team that's had our number recently, a team that's difficult to play against, a team that's difficult to beat. And it just happened so early in the schedule this year where I, I just think we're going to learn a lot about this team and, and particularly about the defense and, and Coach Bonda, what he's able to do. Uh, you know, you mentioned Justin Rice, what he's able to do. The thing with Air Force is they don't, their their defense isn't what beats you. It's their offense. Their, their offense, they are one of the most disciplined teams in the country. They don't do anything really, really well. They just do everything pretty good. And so they just do this thing where they average four yards per play and they just march down the field and they just burn time off the clock. They don't make mistakes. They don't get flags. And it's extremely hard to beat. And they're very disciplined. So they're a team that they're not going to lose. You have to go out and beat them. And so I think that this is going to be it's going to be a game where our defense can really go out and prove what they can do. Like, can you force Air Force? Can you for, force ter- turnovers against the Air Force Falcons? And if so, can the offense punish them for that? And if you can do that, you're probably going to be a pretty elite football team, or at least you know upper Mountain West, top half of Mountain West. And so I like I said, like I think that game is probably just season season defining. Especially with you know, depending on what goes, what what your record is going into that Air Force game, I just think it's it's extremely important. And so actually, when uh, so Justin Rice, as Ryan mentioned, um, is kind of perfect for that triple option. Luckily for us, Justin Rice has played in the Mountain West before and has played against Air Force. So I have his stats right here, and he actually played really really well against the option. He played really really well against the uh, the Falcons uh, when they played. In 2019, he led the team, uh, led the game in, uh, uh, led the game in tackles, game high of tackles, um, with 13. Uh, six of them were solo, and so, I mean, that's, you know, really, really, really good against uh, an Air Force team. I, I think we can expect Justin Rice to really be the X factor in that game, and like you said, like the whole season. But that game might be determined by Justin Rice, to be honest with you. So then after after Air Force. We come back home, we play back-to-back games at home against Boise State and BYU in that order. You know, like I said, I think these two games really, the importance of these games depends on whether or not we can beat Air Force. And what we do against these two teams, we'll be able to see what, you know, after after that Air Force game. Uh, let's start with Boise, then we'll just kind of flow right into Boy, uh, BYU. So I think it's going to be a similar uh, similar situation with both of those games, back-to-back weeks at home. What are your thoughts on uh, hosting the the Broncos and Cougars back to back? Yeah, I think that I mean coming off that Air Force game, I think if we can win that Air Force game, then that Boise State game immediately becomes super important. You know, yeah. I think that yeah, because I mean if we can, not necessarily that Air Force and Boise are the top two teams in the Mountain West, but I think that those two teams, especially in recent memory and. And when I say recent memory, I mean, you know, the past few seasons, those have definitely been two games that have been 
definitely big test for us. Yeah. And so I think that if we can go to Air Force, be Air Force at their house, and we can come home and beat Boise, I think that that would immediately, like my my focus would be like, all right, let's win out the Mountain West games. Like if yeah. we could, if we could go, like if, I mean, realistically, you know, I think that there's definitely going to be a game in there that if we can pull those two off, like there would be a game like the Wyoming game or the San Jose game that like could potentially be like a tight game. But yeah, you know, re, I mean, me being an optimist, I think that that oh yeah, if yeah. we if we beat both those teams, then I would feel really confident going into the rest of our conference schedule. And oh, so I absolutely, that, yeah. You know, so I think that if we could if we could pull those two off, like I think we'd I don't want to say oh we'd win the Mountain West, but I think that we definitely solidify ourselves in the top four teams in yeah. the Mountain West. You know, and and that becomes like the thought process too, right? Yeah. Like if you if you win that Air Force game in Colorado, you come home and beat Boise State, suddenly it becomes is this team a conference championship team? And I, I like you mentioned, like, if we win that Air Force game, suddenly every one of these games becomes more and more important, um, particularly the, the conference game. So if you win against Air Force, suddenly that Boise State becomes a must-win game, where if you lose against Air Force, it's not – I don't want to say it's not as big a deal, but I think your your perspective and your goals kind of start to change. Um, but like you said, if you, can, if you can string two wins together against Air Force and, and, and Boise State – um, even if you lost that Washington State game, your eyes are on the conference championship at that point. And and quite honestly, like if you if you get four games into this season and you're two and two, that to me is is a win. I think if we're two and two going into that BYU game, then that means that we beat one of Washington State, Air Force, and Boise State, and that yeah. immediately makes me super happy. Yeah, it know? means you probably beat some of you weren't supposed to beat right. on paper. Right. You know, and so I think that that would be that would be awesome. You know, and and you know, I think two two and two going into that BYU game, I don't want to say is like expected by any means, but I think that that would be you know like a pretty awesome scenario. Yeah. You know, I think that that would be you know beating one of those guys, and and as bad as this sounds, like I think I'd rather beat Air Force or Boise along with North Dakota rather than beating Washington State. Same, yeah, you know, absolutely. That would, be, that would be, you know, dropping dropping our first two conference games would be really tough, and you know, the odds of us running the table after those two are not impossible. You know, slim, but, but pretty for unlikely. Sure. You know, yeah. And so I think that if we could get one of those two games, I mean, let's get really optimistic here. If we could be undefeated going into BYU, then oh, that's I would that's hope a that different. Yeah, that's a different ball game entirely. I mean, yeah, is that going to happen? Probably not. Probably not. Doesn't. It, but but to me, it doesn't even like have to happen. Right. Like I'll I'll gladly it. drop a game to Washington State if it means I beat Air Force and Boise back to back. Yep. I, I would take that trade in a heartbeat. And I mean, if we really want to get technical, we could start the season zero and two. We might be in a better situation than that. Nobody wants to lose to North Dakota, and I would hope that. If we can beat Air Force and Boise, I would really hope that we do not lose in North Dakota. But yeah, just yeah. technicality. If no, but if I had to pick two games in our first four to lose, it's Washington North Dakota without hesitation, yeah. because that means you then beat Air matter. Force and Boise. Yeah. So I, I I agree with that. And the weird thing with the first four games is two and two seems a bit optimistic, but one and three that seems too low. 
But there's like there's no in between. Like you're either you're probably either one and three or two and two. Maybe you're three and one. But you know, I, I think we're probably you know if we're two and two going into that BYU game, I'm pretty happy. I don't know what to make of the BYU Cougars right now. They were really really good last year. They had a pretty lethal offense with Zach Wilson, who is now gone. Uh, they lost they lost a lot to be honest. Um, and so I, I really don't know what to make of, of BYU. I, I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if we went one and one against Cougars this year. That wouldn't surprise me um, because I think both of those Cougars teams are beatable, Washington State and BYU. I don't think we beat them both, but I honestly don't think we lose to them both either. Like I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I think they're both pretty beatable teams, and I don't think BYU is as good. They're definitely not as good as they were last year, and I don't know how good they're going to be. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, the thing about BYU is that everybody wants to beat BYU. Yeah. Everybody, I would hope that everybody that is a Utah State fan and that is involved in athletics at all wants to win that game more than anything. Yeah. I, I would hope yeah. that everybody wants to win that game. At the end of the day, if we lose to BYU, as much as it pains me to say, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, yeah. Would I would I trade like like I if if I could say oh we'll lose to BYU if I can guarantee winning Air Force and Boise, I'd one hundred percent do that. Or even, uh, even any, trading one of them. And that shouldn't be a question. Like yeah. honestly, like if you if you don't make that trade, you know, if you if you would rather beat BYU than Air Force and Boise, you just don't it, understand it, how I conferences was, was work. Say, like that, that like that's that's just there's no other way to say that. Like, you just don't understand how conferences work if you would rather beat BYU than Boise State and Air Force. Yeah. And, like, everyone who knows me knows, like, I hate BYU. I want to beat BYU every year. But, look, I would rather beat those Mountain West teams. But yeah. Well, and I think that I think at the end of the day, you want your team to win championships, right? Yeah. Whether, whether it's, I mean – obviously we're not contending for a national championship, but, you know, those big programs like Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, you know, whoever it may be, like their goal every year is to reach the college football playoff and win two games and be national champions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so for us, you know, and, and even even teams like Boise and like San Diego State, you know, you you look at a schedule and you're like, all right, like we can we can drop these certain non conference games and still win the Mountain West Championship. Yeah. You know, even if we even if we lose to New Mexico State, uh, North Dakota, Washington State, and BYU, like, and win the rest, we're the top of the Mountain West. It doesn't matter if, if Boise goes 11-1 and one, yeah. and their one loss is to us, we still get that tiebreaker. Yeah, because we went undefeated because in that, conference and we, conference beat, we beat them. So. And so, you know, I think that that's one thing that about the BYU game that – like you said, you hate BYU, I hate BYU. Hopefully all Utah State fans hate BYU, you know, and, and I I want that game to be a win. And I think that, you know, and, and especially with my job, you know, with, with Aggie Sports Properties, like that becomes like the biggest like yeah. business opportunity. You yeah. Because everybody, everybody wants to be at the BYU game. Everybody wants to, to watch us win. You know, everybody... Everybody loves heckling BYU, yeah. and uh, I think it, I want to beat BYU. I'd love to beat BYU, 
but it is really in the grand scheme of things for our season goals, it's not that important of a game. Well, I, I'd love to beat BYU and win a conference championship, but if I had to pick one, I'm taking the conference championship. Right, and I and I would and, hope that everybody does that. I think, and I think yeah. that if you if you, I don't want to say like, oh, you don't know anything about football if you if you'd rather beat BYU, but like your priorities are, are mixed. Like, up, and, and and for I sure. you know, I think it's a priority thing, and I think that you also you know might not be familiar with with how that where where you want to be and and where that would happen. If we're Mountain West champions, yeah, then yeah. we get to go on and, and play another game, potentially another home game. Yeah, that's and, true. And then at that point, you know, for if we win the Mountain West, which sounds crazy right now, but just in the in yeah. theoretically, yeah, in theory. then we'd get an extra game there, and we'd probably get a pretty solid bowl game if we're yeah. Mountain West champions. Especially if you can win that championship game. It does get complicated, though, with BYU. It do, it is complicated. We have a, we, uh, institutionally we have a uh, a complicated relationship with BYU. Uh, their campus is about two and a half hours probably from well pro- you know probably three hours or whatever from from our beautiful campus up north, and so there are other battles that matter with BYU. There are booster battles between you know different companies and different people who have kids that went to both, or uh, there's recruiting battles that take place with. Not only players, but with uh, students as well. So, the complexities with our relationship with BYU—you know—you could write a novel about it. But so, yeah, winning that BYU game—you know, like you've worked in development, you know as well as anybody—that brings in a lot of money. Yep. You have to win that game for revenue. It's one of the few games that we have a trophy with. You know, an actual—you uh, know—we have the the wagon wheel. The only other two are Utah, who won't play us anymore, and Wyoming, who people don't seem to get to get as into. Um, so emotionally, yeah, it's probably the most emotional rivalry on the schedule. Um, it's the closest in proximity to us. So there's so much there that, yeah, I'd love to win that game. I'd love to win recruits from them. I'd love to win students from them. I'd love to win boosters from them. But at the end of the day, I'd rather win a conference championship because guess who can't win a conference championship? BYU. Right. And so, yeah. I, I'd rather win. You know, you know, if we if we can beat Air Force and Boise State, that BYU game matters for a bowl game, but it doesn't matter for the conference championship. So it's a great win. And the other thing about BYU is they're going to be a team that gets a lot of national respect. If you can get a win against BYU, it really is going to help later on in the season when the college football playoff uh, rankings start coming out and uh, bowl games start getting selected. So it's a great one to have under your belt. But it's not one that's going to cost you anything if you if you lose. Um, and in that way, it's a lot of it's a lot like that Washington State game where you kind of have a lot to gain, nothing to lose. So so hopefully hopefully we get that win. But if not, we just have to understand as fans that our goals are still intact. And I think that's the hardest part is as fans sometimes losing to BYU is so hard that we forget that you know at the end of the day we can lose to we could lose to North Dakota and BYU, which would be two of the hardest losses of all time. And we, our season goals would still be intact. And that's the hard thing to do as fans. Um, you know. And I'll let the coaches worry about recruiting. And I'll let John Hartwell worry about bringing in revenue and things like that. But as for, as for our season goals, uh, we got to make sure we beat up on the conference. Um, after BYU, that is our – oh, we actually have one more non-conference game later on. But um, after BYU, we, do, uh, we go on a stretch where we play uh, a lot of conference games, um, starting with uh, UNLV at the Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. I don't have a lot to say about that one other than the arena is really cool. 
I mean, I I don't. I think that'll be a cool opportunity for our guys. You know, I think that's a game where, you know, UNLV is usually bottom of the Mountain West, not not rock bottom, but near the bottom. And so I think that's one that that we'd hope that we'd win. You know, I think one of the big things that I have heard of and, and we've talked about is Tate Martell, the a former really high recruit, um, spent a couple of years at Ohio State and then transferred to Miami and had a whole thing in Miami and then transferred to UNLV, and he isn't even listed on the depth chart for week one. And really? So, so that's kind that's of a, interesting. That's kind of a weird thing. He's been active in saying that he is going to play, you know, and so I have I have no idea. I'm not involved in UNLV athletics, but yeah, that would be. I think that would be a really cool, cool guy to play against, you know. And but other than that, like you said, awesome stadium, cool venue for our guys to go and experience. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, uh, hopefully a conference dub. Yeah. No. Hopefully, hopefully they can get that get that win. Um, like we said, this is uh, really where the conference play starts to pick up. We can we kind of have a weird, uh, you know, weird schedule a little bit where we play uh, two conference games kind of right up front, take a break with BYU, uh, and then we actually have our bye week after BYU, and then we play, get into conference play again. We play three, and then take another break, and then play three more. So uh, there isn't like one big long stretch of playing uh, conference games, um, but hopefully you come off of a competitive game against BYU and again we've talked about you know the the outcome doesn't doesn't really matter and like I said with Washington State I'm more concerned about how we look than what the score is so we come off a competitive BYU game and hopefully we can just kind of blow the brakes off of, of UNLV and and that's that's the other thing too is with the bye week placement I think is also perfect I I don't think this schedule could have been constructed more perfectly where you have kind of that built-in buffer game then you have three really tough games and then a bye week and, and that BYU game, by the way, ever since 2010, since the resurgence of the Utah State program with uh, Gary Anderson, they, they've won more games than us head-to-head, um, but we actually have outscored them in those games. So it's been an extremely competitive series, and that's going to continue. And every game has been pretty close. Like The only blowout was in 2018 when Jordan Love lit them up. And so going into that UNLV game, or go, uh, coming out of that BYU game, our guys are going to be gassed. Like, that's three tough games and then a break, and hopefully an easier opponent in UNLV. I think that that UNLV game will come at a come at hopefully a good time. You know, regardless of if we win or lose BYU and and the first five games, you know, I think that that'll be coming off a bye week. Get to go to an NFL stadium, yeah. Which a few of our guys might, a few of our guys will hopefully experience that in yeah. the future. But they will. We but, have some. We have know, some a lot. A lot, and the majority will probably not. Yeah, you know. That's true. And so I think that'll be a really cool experience to for those guys and to whether it's a bounce back game from BYU and or a bounce back from the whole first five games of the schedule, or if it's just you know the next stop on, on yeah. the trip. Yeah, so. yeah, no, I, I think so. It's either a, a, it could be a bounce back game, it could be a, a keep it rolling game type of thing. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful brand new stadium, so that that'll be fun for the for the uh, fun for the boys to go play in that stadium um, down in Vegas. Then we do come back home, play the Colorado State Rams. Uh, that's been a it's been a fun game as of of late. We have a complicated uh, rivalry, dare I say it, or relationship with them in recent years, going back to the. The classic "What the hell" call by by Scotty G, which is legendary. 
Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, you got to look up look that tw- up. the 2018 game where we basically won a game after Colorado State, uh, you know, lost after a Hail Mary was called back for illegal touching. And then, you know, last year we were scheduled to go out to Colorado State again. We forfeited that game. We did not make the trip. So just a weird, weird, like, relationship. Like, the last three games, none of them have gone the way they were supposed to. One was a weird ending. One was fine. One didn't happen. So we're, we're probably becoming that team to them that they are getting sick of and they just want to beat us because we keep making their schedule weird or refusing to come play them or beating them on a, on a weird penalty. So they that's going to be a game that they are probably just they want to win because they're probably sick of the way our relationship has been the past three years. So, and they're, they're a good team. Uh, they're, they're a program that's on the rise for football and basketball. Uh, not, not one that I'm really, really scared about, but really not one that I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not sleeping on the Rams either. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that exact thing that it's not a game that I think is a game where we're like, Oh, that's a W next game. And I also don't think that it's a game where we're, it's like, oh, this is this is Boise. Like, this is a season changing. Yeah. But I, I will say that I think that it is, I mean, on the broad spectrum of things, I think that it's closer to a big deal than not. I, I agree with that. I agree you with know? that for sure. And so I think that they're, they're a good team. They're a solid team. You know, at, at the end of the season, we might be around the same placement as them in, in the standings. You know, and so I think that that's, that's a... I don't want to say a big game, but a game that well, yeah, I think it at is. home we can we can win, um, and I think that that is definitely, you know, a game where where it would be a tough tough thing to lose. Yeah, but also if you know if we win, I think that would be a lot of a lot of win in our sales. So to me, the Colorado State game is a lot like the Air Force game at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And really, if you look at the the schedule breakdown, it kind of – this game can really define how we close out the season. And it kind of looks the same where you have – at the top of the season, you have Wazoo, which is a loss on paper, North Dakota, which is a win on paper, then Air Force, a game that, in my opinion, will define how the rest of the season goes. You kind of have that repeat with BYU, which is on paper a loss, UNLV, which is on paper an easy win – and then you come home and play Colorado State, which is another chance to define yourself after two games that maybe they go the way they're supposed to, maybe something good or bad happens, and you know you have this chance to really go out and prove yourself again and set a tone for the rest of the season where you have a, a team that's, I think, we're similarly matched. I think it's talent-wise, we're about the same program-wise. I mean, Colorado State is one of those that it's, we're a very similar program to in a lot of ways. I think that you know we, we could easily be coming into this game like two and four. That yeah, would, that would be really tough, um, but you know that would mean losses to Wazoo, Air Force, Boise, and BYU. Our schedule is definitely front loaded, uh-huh. and so I think, like you said, it's definitely. I don't think that like looking at it right now, it's like oh, that's a season defining game. Yeah, but you know, halfway through the season, that's the our seventh game. So yeah, I mean, the start of the second half of the yeah. season, that right, could be right there to close it out. You know, that could be a that could be like a, a rebirth, you could say. You yeah. Know? Yeah. If depending on if we're really good and we can say like, all right, like this game is like where we gotta establish that like we're we're for real, that we're gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also if we come into that game, you know, two and four, three and three, that could be a game where we're like, all right, like 
this is this where is, we're going to we're going we're gonna to have a winning season or we're going to have a losing season yep. based on how we play the Rams. Yep. And yeah, I think I think coming into this game 4 and 2 is probably about the ceiling and 2 and 4 is probably about about the lowest will be, but that's a pretty big difference and you know that's a great chance for you to say, you know, are you going to come in 2 and 4 and turn things around or are you going to come in 2 and 4 and continue to just roll over? Are you going to come in 4 and 2 and continue to you know, run the table in the Mountain West, or are you going to come in four and two and fall apart? You know, so I think it's it's it doesn't look big now, but once we get closer to that game, I do think that's going to be a game that gets more and more important, um, especially on the on, on the way some of those other games go. Um, after Colorado State, we do uh, we stay home. We host the Rainbow Warriors. Um, I always like playing Hawaii. They're never really all that good. I don't. Again, they're one that I don't have a lot to say about Hawaii. I think they're one that if if we lose, I think it's gonna probably hurt. Um, it's it's one that we probably should win. But yeah, not not a whole lot. We have Hawaii at home. Uh, the consequences seem straightforward. If you lose, it's really bad. If you win, well, you're just doing your job. Like that's what you're supposed to do. So. Yeah. I agree. You put Hawaii perfectly. Yeah. And and I don't want to cut ahead of you if you had anything else to say about Hawaii. But I think you have kind of the same thing going to New Mexico State. I yeah. I think it's just kind of, I think we're going to that game, not a guaranteed win by any means, but I think hoping that we could win both those games and and that would be, I don't want to say big, but, you know, those, if we lose those games, that would definitely be a telltale sign of our... Yeah. And if we lose those two games, then, I mean, that would be, especially New Mexico State, that would be really yeah. tough. You know? Yeah. So I think that those two games are are kind of, you know, the the late, like we said, the our, our schedule is definitely front-loaded, so yeah. the back half of our schedule is a little bit lighter, you know, and, and those two games especially, and also New Mexico at the very end, but, you know, those those three games I would hope that would be would be wins. Those, those should uh, definitely be wins. Keep in mind the odds on our season, the over-under is 3.5. So, again, when, we, we're, when we're really breaking this down, uh, it's, to me, a little bit even more insulting. But um, Hawaii, yeah, not much more on that one. Just like if we're going to be an average team, you win. If our team wants to go out there and be below average, then, then fine, you can drop that game. I don't want to disrespect Hawaii. They have a great program. They have a great history over there. But, the you know, an average Utah State team should be able to win that game. New Mexico State, well, really both New Mexico teams, yeah. to be honest with you, uh, those should, should be wins. Uh, we are playing New Mexico on the road. Shouldn't matter. Uh, New Mexico State. Oh, oh, they're both on the road. They both are actually. Yeah. New, yeah. Okay. So New Mexico State. Yes, we're we're on the road playing the Aggies. There's there's really not much to say there. That should be a win. If you lose that game, it's it's out of conference. So luckily the 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 immediate consequences are a little bit muted. But definitely a sucker punch if you find a way to lose that game. Um, oddly enough, we have found a way to lose that game every time we've met them in a bowl, which is like twice. They have four bowl appearances in their entire history. Two of them are against us, and they beat us twice. So, hopefully, we don't find a way to lose to them again. Yeah, on the it, it doesn't matter. We we could play them anywhere, and that that should be a win, unless our season really falls apart and we are going to be a really bad team. So, hopefully, we uh, we pick up a win there, and we go into San Jose State with really the way I look at it, probably two or four wins coming off. Uh, you know, coming off two or four wins in a row because you are going to beat UNLV. You're going to beat Hawaii. You're going to beat New Mexico State. And if you beat Colorado, it makes it four in a row. If you lost to Colorado, uh, Colorado State, that's fine. You still have two in a row going into San Jose State. Um, San Jose State in California, they're a tough one. 
not only a tough team, but they're also kind of a tough team to read. They won the conference championship last year, which is never easy to do when you have a team called Boise State in the conference. Um, also, you know, Nevada, and there's other some, there's some other teams that um, Fresno and, and other teams that really make it difficult to win. But it was just such a weird year. And I, I never like to take away from teams that found a way to win during COVID. Um, my, my, my take has been pretty consistent throughout this whole thing is, you know, that, that whole that whole idea of like a Mickey Mouse ring is completely like just garbage to me. I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think if you found a way to win, that counts. If you were bad, I think you can kind of write it off. That's kind of my take on it, just because it was so hard for everybody. So San Jose went out in one of the most difficult years in recent memory, found a way to win, found a way to win a conference championship, and stayed mostly intact. They kept kept their coaching staff uh, mostly intact, and their roster, I think, stayed mostly intact. So could be a really tough team. I was I was about to say that I think, you know, I was I was going to preface it by saying I'm not really sure how how many guys are coming back, how many, like, their coaches. Like you said, your coaching staff is pretty much on tag yeah and you know the roster probably lost a few guys but yeah you know who we don't really know about the the big pieces but i think that that game will be you know kind of a that's definitely one that like interests me looking at it yeah like, i think that that would yeah. be because in the past san jose has kind of been one of those games where where you aren't really worried about you it. completely write this program off yeah and so almost every year in every sport, really, it, it's really kind of like they're they're there, you know. But last year they kind of came out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and completely. Won. And so that was it was cool to see, especially like yeah. Season was, I was, I'm was for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Seeing seeing somebody like that win and not seeing you know Boise. Or yeah, if if Fresno, we can't win, whatever. then at least Boise doesn't win yeah, either. Exactly. You know, that's that was exactly. my attitude last year yeah. for sure. And so I don't know. I think that that that'll be a fun game, and and depending on how we both are going into that game, it might be, it might have a lot of weight to it, and it might not. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, so exactly. You know, I think, and and that goes for both teams. You know, I I don't know that's if, I, absolutely if I said true. that, but. You know, if, if we're both doing pretty well in the conference, like, that could be the make or break for either team for whether it's a conference championship or, you know, a bowl eligibility. You know, like, no matter where we are in the season, like, that could be, that could potentially be a pretty big matchup or it could potentially be, you know, one-sided and it might be, you know, just kind of a blowout easy game for... For either team, really. Yeah, you know? so, really. So I, that's kind of an interesting game. Uh, we'll definitely, I think that we'll know better on how it's going to be, you know. Yeah. Four or five games into the season, but yeah. As for right now, I think that I I would hope to say that I feel confident going in there, you know, but to at least play them close, you know. Yeah, you yeah. know, not not necessarily Maybe like win by win a score by, by double digits, you know. Yeah. But I think that, that would be. I think that'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, we'll we'll learn a lot more about San Jose in the next few weeks. They play uh, they play uh, USC here in the next couple of weeks. They're not, nothing too notable on their schedule. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's one that's towards the end of the season. So we'll both have a lot of Mountain West games under our belt. I'll play a lot of similar teams. Play a lot of the same teams. So we'll we'll know a lot more about that game going in. Um, when I look at this schedule and just kind of try to break it down into wins and losses. I talked about this a little bit on the show last week. I actually have this game as one of those that's probably a loss. Or when I look at the team and I say, what would an average team do? This is probably a loss along with, you know, Wazoo, Boise State, BYU, San Jose. Those are probably the four teams that the average team loses. Um, And then, you know, we've talked about 
some of those other, you know, North Dakota, UNLV, Hawaii, New Mexico State probably are the, you know, those are probably the four the four wins. And then everything else is where you decide whether you're going to be average, below average, or above average. So this one is, you know, if Utah State is just average and if they come into the game 500, they're probably going to lose this, this game because San Jose is an above average team. They're a pretty good team. But if we come out and we're having a stellar season with wins against Washington State, Air Force, and Boise State under our belts, that's a team that can beat San Jose State. And then, furthermore, if you beat San Jose State with some of those other wins, Boise State, Air Force, that starts to look like a championship team. And looking like a championship team with two games left is very different than looking like a championship team two games in. So it's one that, you know, like you said, might just be one of those that it's the end of the season, end of a tough rebuilding year, you write it off. But it might be one that really puts a puts a stamp on a really great year and you know, maybe even clinches a, a spot to the title game. We, you never know. It's always fun to beat the defending champion uh, champions. So average team loses, but if we can go out there and uh, if we're going to be a good team this year or a great team this year, uh, we got to find a way to win that game. And I like, think that we're in the same situation with Wyoming. I, absolutely. You know, I think uh, absolutely about Wyoming. I, I think Wyoming Wyoming's kind of, a, kind of an interesting team because I feel like in a five-year span, they might be really good one year kind of okay for three years and then yeah. really bad yeah. one year. You know, so yeah. it's kind of, you know, I think that they're a more consistent team than San Jose State, you know, since San Jose has always been, like you said, one that we kind of just write off. Yeah. But yeah, this Wyoming's is, definitely yeah. one that I think that is, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but depending on how both teams are coming into that could be really important. But, yeah. you know, I I would hope that that game would mean, you know, more to us. That, yeah. That we have some steam rolling down the down the backside of the schedule, you know. And so I think that, that I would hope that that game more of a must win for us rather than it's a must win for them. But I think that that game, that game like San Jose will be, will be an interesting one to see depending on where we both are in the season. Yeah. And I can't remember a second ago if I said that Wyoming is one of those that I consider a win. I... If I did it, I didn't mean to. I the the four that I really consider wins are the two two New Mexico teams, UNLV and North Dakota. This Wyoming team, I actually think this Wyoming team is going to be pretty good. I'm really high on this Wyoming team. Quite honestly, this late in the season, there there's a chance that if if Utah State performs as well as we want them to perform, not as well as they're necessarily uh, projected to, but as as well as we'd like them to, there's a chance that this could basically be the Mountain Division championship game. Um, because I think there's a good chance Wyoming is really, really good this year. Maybe better than Boise, maybe better than Air Force, some of those other teams that are generally um, causing problems in the Mountain Division because they're they're so good. So I would love if we both went into that game undefeated in the conference or you know as close to it as possible, and that's kind of the Mountain Division championship. I don't know that that's what happens. I think there's a good chance one or both of those teams uh, slips up and ends up closer to 500 than closer to a undefeated season but still Wyoming's one of those that you know we have a trophy with them for a reason it's been a pretty competitive game recently and they've they've had some great players go through their program as have we um, particularly since the turn of the century or, or even more specifically since like the 2010s that era so both are pretty uh, pretty decent programs and and that should be a fun uh, a fun matchup definitely in my mind probably the last uh, real test of the season as you can kind of write off that New Mexico team and go in and um, consider that a win to close out the season yeah I think that's it 
I don't want to sound like a broken record now, but I see probably four wins, four losses, and then you know those other four games. If you go two and two, honestly, I would be happy with that. But if you can go four and zero oh in those kind of season-defining games, which are to me Air Force, Hawaii, Colorado State, and Wyoming, if you can go four and zero oh in those, that would be stellar. Like that would be sweet. I was just gonna say, I think I'd be really happy with bowl eligibility. I don't even. I don't for care sure. for six, six and six. I think that that'd be. That would yeah. be awesome to come from last year that was just such a like such a big question mark with with yeah. Gary, with Jason Shelley, with a lot of guys leaving and entering the transfer yeah. world. And so I think that this year with almost an entirely new coaching staff, if we could make it to a bowl game, that'd yeah. be awesome. But I will say this, if I was a betting man, I would definitely bet the over on three and a half wins. Yeah, three and a half. I'm not allowed to tell you how to spend your money, but that's insulting. That, that is, really is insulting. Even, even, you know, four and a half wins, I think, would be a more fair line. Or, yeah. Or five and Three and a half, half is I think brutally five half, low. Five and a half is tough to put the line at with, with this team. I mean, that's basically saying, oh, are we going to be bill eligible or not? Yeah. And so that's tough. Exactly. But I don't know. I think I think a more fair line would be four and a half. Four and a half wins. I agree. You know, and I think that, but I think, you know, I think that, Below three wins or four wins, like that's a tough, tough line. Yeah, you know, to set and that at. So I don't know who set that, but it takes like one good look at this schedule to see, like, oh, North Dakota, New Mexico, New Mexico State, easy, like yeah. three, three guaranteed wins, really, and that's yeah. not really including Hawaii and UNLV, who are both probably wins. But yeah. if you go six and six and kind of just split the average right down the middle, win the games you're supposed to, lose the games you're supposed to. That means the only losses are to Washington State, a Pac-12 team, Air Force, Boise State, BYU, and then, I don't know, San Jose State, the defending champs, and then either Colorado or Wyoming, Colorado State or Wyoming. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a fine season. I think me being extremely optimistic, looking at this schedule very optimistically, not realistically, but optimistically. Yeah. We could win, like, we could only lose, like, two or three games. If we, yeah. if we came out there, if Blake comes out there with a lot of energy, our guys are all excited, like, dropping Washington State and Boise State, potentially winning the rest of the, you know, that would that'd be up there with, like, the 2018 season where we just yeah. trounced everybody that we Yeah, played. 2012, 2018, those, those you know, years where we just felt unstoppable even with yeah. – a couple losses. And that's one of the great things about being in the conference that we're in and the way we generally set up our schedule is we can lose to Washington State and BYU or in different cases it's Michigan State or USC and BYU and we can still feel unstoppable cuz we, you know, halfway through the season we look up and we're you know 5 and 0 in conference and it's like, "Oh, wow, this team's for real." So yeah, I mean, I I'm kind of the same way. I think optimistically I still see probably four win four losses. Yeah really optimistically i could see too and again it's not out of the question it's not something we've never done before i am i will say like i'm kind of shocked and a little bit bothered at how quickly we we're just getting written off yeah we're, we're and we're writing off ourselves too like most a majority of the 2010 decade we expected to be a top team in the mountain west we expected bull eligibility and it's kind of uh, it's kind of sad how how fast we've written that off, and that's just part of being a mid major. Like that's just what happens. Um, but I do think with this coaching staff and with 
the team that we have with the story, you know, the storied culture we have here, we should be able to, as fans, expect full eligibility year in, year out. Whether it starts this year or not, that's a tough one. It's certainly possible this year, though. And if you drop Wazoo, BYU, Boise State, and one more, you lose four games, whether it's Colorado State, San Jose, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's was, still that's a great season. I was going to say, optimistically, my hyper-optimistic self, Yeah. who, as a Saints fan... <laughs> you I need have, that. I'm I've a Mets been, fan, so I need I've it. Been there, I've need been it too. three, four years where I'm like, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year, yeah. and then... Yeah. Last minute stuff happens, you know, and so I I tend to be very optimistic with my sports teams, but that also leads me to be very disappointed. And yeah, so that's fair. Hyper optimistically, we're ten and two. Realistically, I think we are in a one game swing of six and six. I think that we yeah, could easily I, I, be, that's that's fair. I think we could easily be five and seven. I think we could be six and six. I'd be I would be ecstatic if we were seven and five. Same. If 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 yeah. Blake Anderson's first season, if we're one game above eligibility, I would be thrilled. You know. Yeah. And so well, I think that that's seven and five that, means you beat someone you weren't supposed to beat, yeah. whether it's BYU or Air Force or San Jose. If you're seven and five, you probably beat someone you weren't supposed to. Yeah. And so that's what I'm. That's what I'd be happy about. Yeah. And so I guess pessimistically, which I'm not a pessimist. So. I'm not a pessimist. One of my one of our lifelong Aggie friends. Is extremely pessimistic. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're think talking he about. Listen to this show. Well, maybe he does. We'll send it to him. We'll send it to him. <laughs> but he's probably sitting here thinking that we're a bunch of clowns. And he probably, probably thinks like, that anyway. He's probably like, "Oh, we're gonna win three games." Yeah, which also could happen. You know? Yeah, I think, yeah. That's. I think that there's. I I, my, I I don't know actually. I I don't know that that's really. I mean, yeah, it's possible. I feel sure. like my main reasoning with with a one game swing of six and six. I think that there is enough energy with our new coaching staff and enough energy with new guys and the year coming out of COVID. I I would like to think that there is enough like new blood that yeah. can like kind of kickstart us back. Yeah. I don't I don't like I said I don't think we're going to be ten and two. We're not going to be nine and three. Yeah. You know, but I think I think there's definitely enough enough juice that we got yeah. back in our program that could put us back at. Around bold. Yeah. Yeah. And and I will say, you know, we have had two or a couple two lost seasons um, in the past, and they kind of have a common denominator, and that common denominator is either named Chucky Keaton or Jordan Love. True. And, you know, it's it's week one. We haven't played yet. It's the time to be optimistic, but I will say I just don't think we have a Chucky Keaton or Jordan Love on the roster, and it's really tough to get two losses without those guys. But I, I I will say I genuinely think that the floor is four wins because I can I, I really think you're going to beat North Dakota. I really think you're going to beat UNLV. I really think you're going to beat Hawaii, New Mexico State back-to-back. And then at that point, you only have to beat Wyoming or New Mexico. Or That's Jose. just to get the five. And I think New Mexico's a, a lock or as close to a lock as you can get. That's five, and that's assuming you don't find a way to beat Colorado State or Wyoming or anybody else. I really think, and yeah, this is still probably a little bit of my optimistic, um, you know, my optimism is showing a little bit, but I honestly think five five wins, five and seven is, I honestly think it's the floor with this schedule. I think it's definitely doable, you know. I yeah. think that if, if and 
you know, within the first six games, I feel like we're going to know exactly what, yeah. you know, I think we're going to have a better idea of what the floor and ceiling of wins are. Um, but I think, I think you're right. I think that, I think that we could, we should definitely, I think as a program, I think we should hold ourselves to the standard of at least beating the two New Mexico teams and North Dakota. And UNLV. You know, and, and UNLV. Or UNLV or Hawaii, I would yeah. say. Like, I would hope that we could yeah. swing one of those. I will say, anything less than five wins, I'd be a little bit disappointed. And I think as a fan base, we should be able to set our expectations high because ever since 2010, we've had great success in this program. We've had a couple down years, sure, but like I said, that's just part of being a mid-major. So I do think we should set our expectations at four to six wins, four to seven wins, um, and anything below that is disappointing. If we only win three or four games, honestly, uh, that's disappointing, and we should be able to expect more um, with this team and this schedule. And I think within two or three years, we need to be expecting not only bowl games but bowl wins uh, because I think that's what the, this program deserves. So, like I said, like, yeah, we're coming off a tough year, and, you know, we don't know what to expect, but we're, we're allowed to be disappointed with less than five less than five-ish wins and but the that that means the opposite is also true and if we go into if we come into Colorado State undefeated that better be a sellout Hawaii better be a sellout so there better be excitement if we're good and we we should be able to start expecting uh, some some bowl wins here in the next couple seasons I think um, I think that just about does it we do have a special announcement we have a bonus episode of the sports desk coming out this week um, when this airs, it'll probably be coming out tomorrow. So tune in for that. Jacob will be back. The prodigal editor returns. And uh, we'll be we'll be breaking down that Wazoo game uh, more in-depth and getting ready for that. So definitely tune in this week for that bonus episode. And then starting next week, we will be having two shows a week so that we can bring you all the uh, all the content we need so we can cover uh, cover the games that are happening and get you ready for the games that are coming up. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know we went a little long today, but we had a lot to cover. Um, so thanks so much for tuning in, and we will we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll be back next week with uh, with some games on our belt. Um, if you haven't already, go buy your tickets. The first three games need to be sellouts. Really, all the games need to be sellouts, right? That's right. All right. Um, that's all we have, and uh, we'll be back later. Go Aggies. Go Aggies.